بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ جنائی از دا سیکنڈ آف سپٹمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ the important subject of sacred knowledge. And the last thing I mentioned was the awesome virtue when a Muslim acquires some knowledge and then teaches it to his Muslim brother. Our beloved messenger mentioned this is afdalus sadaqah. This is the best of charity. From Ibn Majah Hassan. Undoubtedly, the more sincere the da'i then the more impact his or her words will have. So this is important. It's not how much you have in the grey matter. It's how sincere you are. And the more sincere you are, the more impact your words will have. Hafiz Zahbi, Rahmatullah, in his seer, 6-122, it mentions, a narrator who was near Muhammad ibn Wasi, Rahmatullah, said once in frustration and grief, Why can I not see hearts moved, eyes shedding tears, and body shivering? Muhammad ibn Wasi replied, O so-and-so, I can see that these people are weakened by you. For if any speech emanates from the heart, it will then inevitably fall into the hearts of others. So let's look at this. So there was a da'i and what was causing this frustration? He felt he's not having the impact. People aren't being moved. He's thinking, you know, what's happening? So he approaches this saintly soul. He goes, I can't see hearts moved, eyes shedding tears, body shivering. He goes, what, what's, the, what's the matter? Look what he said. These people are weakened by you. Subhanallah. <laughs> In other words, you're, you're giving da'wah, but you're weakening them. <laughs> Why? If any speech comes from the heart, it will fall into the heart. <laughs> so what he was saying was, you're not sincere. <laughs> Have you got some other ulterior motive with which you're sharing knowledge? <laughs> Because if you are sincere, he goes, Allah, Allah blesses it. <laughs> And the fact that you yourself have highlighted it indicates there's a problem. <laughs> And he didn't say... It doesn't benefit them. He said, it's weakening them. In other words, it's having the complete opposite effect that you would desire. Mm. And this is why Ali radiyallahu, he said, words from the tongue hardly reach the ears. Mm. Words from the heart reaches the hearts. Mm. This is in Kanzul Omar. Mm. So what was Amir al-Mu'mineen Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu saying? He said, if you just talk and you yourself aren't convinced, mm. because it's going to hardly reach the ears of the people. But if you know deep down, it's in your heart, this is you know, knowledge that you've, it's changed you, and you're sharing it, it will get to the hearts. So who is the best? The Prophet And look at the generation he produced. The best. The best of generations. So why? Because the purest heart has the purest impact. Reflect also upon the following most informative narrative. Hafiz Zahabi in his Seer 8-439. Abu Abdullah al-Antaqi, he said, 
Fudel ibn Iyad and Sufyan al-Thawri, Rahimahumullah, once met. And they talked for a while, upon which Sufyan al-Thawri's heart softened and he wept. So picture the scene, two of the great men from the Salaf. Fudel ibn Iyad, who was Imam Shafi's teacher, and Sufyan al-Thawri, who's an imam amongst the imams. They're talking, and Sufyan's heart became so soft, he started to weep. Sufyan thereupon said, Rahmatullah, I hope that this meeting will be a mercy and a blessing for us. In other words, you moved me. He goes, my heart softened, my eyes have shed tears. So inshallah, I'm hoping that this meeting is a blessing for us. For they all responded, Rahmatullah, Oh Sufyan, I however now fear the worst. For you have delivered the best of what you have knowledge, and I have done the same. Thus you have impressed me, and I have impressed you. Thus was it really for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sufyan Athori then burst into tears again, and he said, You have revived me, my dear brother. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revive you. Subhanallah, look how pure these men were. So imagine what they were talking about. So Sufyan's moved to tears. And he says to Fudel, May Allah bless you. I hope this meeting will be a source of mercy. Fudel's on another level. He goes, no. He goes, this, this is extremely dangerous. That's what's happened. And what did he say? You impress me with the best of your knowledge. Where's the sincerity in that? And I've impressed you with my knowledge. Because how can this be for the pleasure of Allah? Sufyan al starts crying again. But this time, he says, you have revived me, meaning you've taught me sincerity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revive you. Now think about that. If you, where do we fit into this equation? Somebody goes, brother, get up, do a talk. You think, oh my God, you want me to impress people with my knowledge? You know, do we even think that? Or do we actually think, I am going to impress them. I'm going to go out of my way to impress them. Where's the sincerity in that? So what Sufyan was saying was, you have to be utterly sincere to affect people. If there's no sincerity, what do you expect? Astaghfirullah. Had not our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in Tabarani and Tarheed, insincerity with knowledge is more grievous than insincerity with wealth. Insincerity with knowledge is more harmful than insincerity with wealth. Now what does that mean? How can you be insincere with wealth? You don't want good for people. But you give the impression, I'm, I'm helping you, brother. But really, you want him to fail. So you're being insincere. So obviously, that's a wretched trait to have. Outwardly, you look like you're helping somebody. But inwardly, you're thinking, I hope you fail with your business. And I want my money back. What's worse than that? The Prophet said that you're not sincere with knowledge. So a person starts scratching his head. He goes, how can you not be sincere with knowledge? Go back to the previous reports. It's even more destructive. You have to be sincere. This man came to the Prophet He goes, Ya Rasulullah What is Islam? The Prophet said, Ikhlas. Sincerity. 
in behaki in ishabul iman meaning there is no islam without it imagine think of a deed if there's no if there's no ikhlas the deed's gone so the deen the entire deen can be clarified by that one characteristic consider malik ibn dinas words rahmatullah verily if the scholar does not act upon the knowledge he has acquired then his admonishments will slip from the hearts just as rain drops slip of rocks subhanallah if the scholar does not act upon the knowledge he has acquired his admonishments will slip from the hearts just as rain drops slip of rocks recorded in ahmad in zuhd 2-304 Abu Nu'aym al-Hiliya 2-912 Hafiz ibn Abd al-Bar in his Jami Bayan al-Ilm number 1255 Sahih Now look how beautifully described it An alim should try his best to act upon his knowledge If he's not concerned about that then his exhortations how does rain hit a rock? It just bounces off it He goes that is what will happen to your exhortations with people He goes they'll just bounce off It won't go anywhere near the heart So Lord what's happening Allah Taala want sincerity. Mm. If you got sincerity even a little bit of knowledge will penetrate a person's heart. Mm. But if you have got no sincerity you can come out with blibberies of talks not going to affect people. Astaghfirullah. Those the profound impact of who? The blessed saints. Rahimahullah. Have upon others as compared to others of a lesser degree of purity. Now how many times have you heard this? An entire locality embraced Islam because of Saint so-and-so. And then it's sky-scratching as anything. How can an entire locality embrace Islam? <laughs> And he's trying to work it out. He goes, maybe he's got da'wah techniques unlike other people. Maybe he's done a course that, you know, it's nothing to do with that. They're just so sincere. Few words come out of their mouths, changes communities. So there you go. So note again, you know, people say, you know, we need to go on a da'wah course. No problem with that. But you need to be sincere. <laughs> Had not our beloved messenger described their hearts as lanterns of guidance in Ibn Majah. So this is a very interesting hadith. The Prophet uh, Mu'adh ibn Jabal, he was one, he was next to Rasulullah's grave and he was weeping. So Umar comes and he goes, why are you weeping, Mu'adh? Because Rasulullah obviously is away from the troubles of the world. You know, he's in, he's in Allah's blessing him now. <laughs> So Mu'adh goes, I'm not weeping because of that. I'm weeping because I've remembered something the Prophet said. So Umar radiallahu said, what did he say? Please share it with me. And he quotes a long report. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, within that report, he said, he's, blessed, he's talking about the righteous. He says within their description, their hearts are lanterns of guidance. Look how strange the description. He goes, their hearts are lanterns of guidance. What? How does the flesh and blood? He's not talking about the flesh and blood. He's talking about their sincerity. So the Prophet goes, they're lanterns. They're obscure. They're away from the people. They don't want to know. We're not after Shusha. We're doing it for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why, you know, thinking of scholars that we know, Shaykh Hamza Yusuf, for instance, who had the most profound impact upon Munabat al-Hajj. Why? Because if you, for, you know, if you want the little we know about him, he was utterly sincere. <laughs> he didn't want nothing to do with anybody. Because 70 years ago, he went to Hajj on foot. 
right? That's why it's called Marabat al-Hajj, the one who traveled to Hajj, came back after a year or so, I think. And uh, he's all his life, he just taught. That's what he did, he taught. And he played Tajjid for one third of the night. And then Sheikh Hamza mentions that even in his sleep, he was reciting Quran. <laughs> so imagine, you know, he actually taught Sheikh Hamza. He taught, my Sheikh doesn't sleep. You know, you're thinking logically, you're thinking of a person reading Quran, he's not sleeping. So it was somebody else who told him, no, no, because he's asleep. So Sheikh Hamza goes, he's reading Quran. He goes, yeah, he does that. So what the, right? What do we do when you sleep? Right? That's our Quran, isn't it? Right? Brother, put someone in your nose, right? You know, you're waking, you're waking everybody up. Imagine you're sleeping with all the others, all you're hearing is Quran. These guys don't sleep, but they're sleeping. So why is Allah allowing them to decide the Quran? Because they're utterly sincere. The Prophet said, my eyes sleep, my heart doesn't. So who are the next best? After obviously the, the Salaf, it's the Oliya. So what happens to them? They're reading Quran when they sleep. <laughs> really, and what's shocking is, if I can remember correctly, because they remember they're reciting Quran. It's not like they wake up and they think, did you know you were reciting Quran? Did that was that? They know. <laughs> yeah, mashallah. But you were asleep. You read seven Jews? Yeah. I think about that. Right? And don't forget, this is after he's offered Tajid for the third of the night. And Sheikh Hamza said something interesting. You know, many things about his Sheikh. He goes, how many times do we hear the reports? They stood for the third of the night. They stood for the half of the night. You hear it all the time. In fact, we, we become desensitized to it. But he goes, I've saw it. <laughs> <laughs> and when he said it, I remember the hadith where the Prophet said, Hearing is not like seeing. So we hear, you know, third of the night, half the night, two thirds of the night. Mashallah, you know, amazing. But have you seen it? Never. Because I saw it. Right? You know, so note again, why? Because these were the ones whose hearts are lanterns of guidance. And look how he's benefited us, the Sheikh who's passed away, Sheikh Hamza. Was he with? <laughs> Imagine any. They had to institute one of his good deeds. <laughs> right? Imagine, you know, imagine he's in his grave now, inshallah. I was going to his grave. <laughs> imagine, you know, subhanallah. Dus Hassan al-Basri, rahmatullah he described in the famous verse, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Oh my Lord, give me the beauty, the good of this world. And Hassan al-Basri said, the good of this world is knowledge and worship. <laughs> this is in Tirmidhi, number 3499. <laughs> you know, how passionately do people make that dua? Because the word dunya is in it. You know, you hear them, the rest of the du'as, and all of a sudden, comes out. Rabbana atina fid dunya. And it's not about dunya, you think, hang on a minute. Why are you so obsessed with dunya? And then they don't even realize, you know what you're actually praying for? Because dunya. <laughs> dunya, the hasana, the beauty of the dunya. What's the beauty of dunya? Hassan al-Basri said, knowledge and worship. Imagine how deflated they get when they hear that. Hey! <laughs> no, 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 mashallah. No, 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 no. Why are you so deflated? I was hoping for the bigger house. Right? I was hoping for the better transport, you know. 
And he goes, Inshallah, if it's good for your deen, why not? But it's knowledge and worship. Who said that? Hassan al-Basti. And that's the, what, because what is the best thing you can take from the world? Isn't it those two things? Can you think of anything greater? Knowledge and worship. So Hassan al-Basri said that, and finally, there really can be no excuse for ignorance. Why? As the Honorable Imam Shafi'i so beautifully articulated, when I make anything clear to anyone with evidence, and he accepts it, I respect him, and I love him, and my love grows for him in my heart, and I seek his companionship. Mm. However, he who does not accept the truth, even after proof is given convincingly, I do not esteem him, and I will not bother meeting him anymore. Subhanallah. Mm. Recorded by Hafiz Zahabi in his Seer 10-33, Imam Ghazali, Rahmatullah, in his Ihya volume 1, page 75, in the chapter on knowledge. Look how interesting the insight of Imam Shafi. Mm. Whose company did he love to keep? He's telling you. I love to keep the company of those that when you give them a proof, they cheerfully accept it. He goes, I love those people. I keep ties with them. But I keep away from people who are the opposite. You know, you respectfully give them the proof and they still don't accept it. So what was Imam Shafi saying? He said, there's no ignorance. There's no excuse for ignorance. At the same time, keep close those who are humble. Why? You know, think about it. So who would Imam Shafi keep company with today, hypothetically? Not many Muslims. Because they're not happy. Imagine, even if you say to them, you know, Bukhari, Muslim, four Imams have agreed to it. Yeah, but there's a difference of opinion, isn't there? <laughs> right? And then you think, oh, mashallah, isn't it? One of the scholars said, there's always a difference of opinion. <laughs> because if you look for the difference of opinion in all matters, you'll end up making the deen a, a joke. And it's true. You know, you always find a difference of opinion. <laughs> for instance, one of the salaf, he said, that if you eat snow, it doesn't break your fast. That's an opinion. So have any of the imams taken that view? None of them. <laughs> Though it's an opinion. So a person who follows opinions, he goes, I'll get a slush. Feeling a bit thirsty. <laughs> right? You know, I'll go in. Get a slush. Right? He goes, you're fasting. Don't worry about it. One of the great salaf. He goes, I don't break your fast. Is he really following the salaf? And what shocked me was, the salaf, where did they see ice? Snow? So that was a sincere statement. And they'd be off. It's like, come on, brother. You know what it means. Right? And there you go. You know, are you following the sunnah? Astaghfirullah. Similarly, Yunus as-Sadafi, rahmatullah, he said, I have never seen a wiser man than Imam Shafi'i. I was debating with him one day. And then I left. We had a debate. We left. I left. He then met me the same day. He held my hand and said, Cannot we be brothers? Even if we disagree about something. Subhanallah. Cannot we be brothers? Even if we disagree about something. Recorded by Hafiz Zahbi in his seer 10-16. So, look how interesting. Yunus as-Sadafi was from the Salaf. Who did he see? Who was wise? He goes, I have never seen a wiser man than Shafi. Now, he did, now you think, okay, he must have known Quran, something about the Quran. He didn't mention nothing. He mentioned a trait. Because of that trait, he goes, he was the most wisest man I've ever seen. 
Is that debate now? This debate wasn't, you know, for you know, I'm right, you're wrong. You know, they were passionately defending their view. They passionately believed that they believed what was right. When Imam Shafi saw him the same day, he goes, "Can't we be brothers, even if we disagree?" And Yunus is sudden because I've never seen a wiser man than him, because we were sincerely debating, but we were convinced. This is why the scholars say, "I believe I am right." I believe I am right. And I believe that my brother has erred with the possibility of being right. <laughs> Look how beautiful that is. So they don't say you're wrong. Because I believe I'm right. So this is what happened here. I believe I'm right. You put your evidence forward. I still believe that I'm right. But there's a possibility you're right. Why do they say that? Because they humble themselves. Look, end of the day, you know, you've got your proofs. Now it's my way or the highway. You know, stuff with them. If you don't accept what I tell you, I don't want to see your shikul. Imam Shafi will say, I don't want to see you anyway. See you later. Thus the honorable Imam was certainly amongst those about whom our beloved messenger gave the following great glad tidings. There are pillars of ruby in paradise which has rooms made of emerald with their doors open. These rooms are as bright as the shining stars. The companions humbly asked, Ya Rasulullah, who will be fortunate enough to dwell in these amazing mansions? The Prophet said, Those who love, sit, and meet each other, all for the pleasure of Allah. Those who love, sit, and meet each other, all for the pleasure of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is in Behaki in Shu'ab al Iman, number 9022, or volume 6, page 487. So let's break this down. Pillars of ruby. I kind of get it. You get a pillar, it's made of ruby. I kind of get it. It's got rooms of emeralds within it. Now nah, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> right? Rooms of. So how big is the pillar? <laughs> but anyway, okay. And the rooms are made of emerald. So the outside's red, ruby. And inside the rooms are green emerald. Yeah. And the rooms are as bright as the stars, like the sun. So the companions look how interesting. All they asked, who's gonna dwell there, Ya Rasulullah? <laughs> we believe it. You've told us. But how do we get kind of, you know, into the equation? We want to get, become, you know, the owners of these dwellings. He said, those who love, sit and meet each other only for the pleasure of Allah. How is that linked to Imam Shafi? He debated with his brother. He got all of his hand later on. He goes, can't we be brothers? Even if we disagree about something. He's doing it for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So note, Allah Ta'ala loves sincerity. And he gives them so much honor that, you know, it's beyond comprehension. Similarly, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, those who love for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be seated on a chair made of ruby around the glorious throne. Subhanallah. This is in Tabrani in his Kabir, number 3973, or volume 4, page 150. So when do you sit around the Arsh? This is the day of judgment. To sit is a blessing. <laughs> you only realize that when you have to stand. And you notice when you're in the queue and then you think, oh, I need to just put my leg, you know. You can't. You sit down, you're going to lose your spot. 
And the guy starts mourning, oh, he's just 50,000 years, I'm not bothered about it. Imagine somebody sitting, what is he sitting on? A chair of ruby. Why is he being given that honor? Because he, their love for the sake of Allah, there's no intention behind it. No other intention. I'm not doing it because, you know, I scratch your but you scratch mine. You've got a bit of knowledge about this and it's good to keep you in the, the context and <laughs> stuff. But then you go, no, 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 I'm doing it for pleasure of Allah, brother. Right? Oh yeah, mashallah. We beg our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us with all that leads to his priceless pleasure. I mean, so to conclude with the dua, our beloved messenger would make the following dua, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma anfa'ani bima allamtani wa allimni ma yanfa'uni. O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, cause me to benefit from what you have taught me and teach me what will benefit me. Subhanallah. Ameen. Recorded in Hakim and his Mustadrak, number 1879, Kanzul Oman, number 5088. What an amazing dua. Can you think of a more perfect dua for knowledge? Allahumma anfa'ni bima allamtani. O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused me to benefit from what you have taught me. Meaning, a lot of people learn something, they don't benefit from it. Don't make me one of them. When you teach me something, make me benefit from it. Then he said, yanfa'uni," And teach me what will benefit me. Don't take me to knowledge that is useless. I don't need that knowledge. But guide me towards what will benefit me. Dua of Rasulullah will certainly be answered. As our loving Lord says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Mujadila, Surah 58, verse 11, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise up in rank those of you who believe and have been granted knowledge. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise up in rank those of you who believe and have been granted knowledge. Explicit in the Quran, Allah Ta'ala is telling you, these are the ones who will be lifted in ranks. They have iman and they've been given knowledge. We ask our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala to be enlisted upon such a treasured and most honored group. Amen. So all I mentioned again today was again talking about sacred knowledge but predominantly about the sincerity of the da'i. This is such a key thing. Otherwise, the, the da'wah will be, you know, it will fail miserably. In fact, it might be even detrimental. Astaghfirullah. And notice the salaf, how pure they were when they came to, you know, sharing their knowledge. You know, Allahu Akbar. Are there any questions you like to ask?